When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I just, I'd never seen anyone on the British Isles play lacrosse. I did like they really leaned into it though. It's a little bit Riverdale-y. Like you've got the fact that she finds out she's really good at lacrosse and then becomes like the lacrosse captain and then saves people from a fire. Like it's just finds out her mom went to that school. Like it's just such a lesson in suspending your disbelief that on some level I have to respect <laughs> it. Cause I'm like, okay. So he shouldn't have been there at all. He it was at our girls school. What was he doing there all the time? Yeah, why wasn't he at school? <laughs> yeah, why wasn't he at school? Why wasn't he at school? And then he has... turns up for his lunch like at an all girls school in like yeah. a sports car, which is completely normal. <laughs> hey everybody, and welcome to this episode of the Xbox Podcast. Today I'm joined by Karis. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Neha. Hi. And Helen. Hello. And we're going to be talking about Wild Child. Thank you, as always, to the mighty people for the mighty, mighty tunes. And thanks to Ben from Rockwood Audio for his awesome editing skills. Please do remember to write a review and rate us on Apple Podcasts anywhere you can do where you listen to the podcast because it really does help us. And you can join in the conversation with us on Twitter at FlixWatcherPod and on Instagram at FlixWatcher. Hello, film fans. Welcome to FlixWatcher Podcast. Joining us remotely today, we have Karis and Neha. If you can please say hello to our listeners and tell them a little bit more about your podcasts, what you do and who you are, please. Hi, everyone. This is Neha. I'm one of the co-hosts of Not Having It All. I co-host it with Karis. And our podcast is about film. We talk about um, women in film specifically, so really kind of discussing not just films about women, but also women directors, women performers. Um, and we also have a news and re- review section. So we talk about kind of upcoming releases, which admittedly has been hard during the pandemic. So it's been sort of like Netflix and Amazon and, you know, those sort of stuff recently. The whole premise of the show is sort of not having it all. So um, very chatty. We talk about a lot of different things. So that's our show. Yeah, this year has been quite good for the, I guess, the underrepresented voices i think um in the pandemic because we haven't had the big james bond marvel films have exploded so that's given an opportunity for the rocks and the smaller films that have been a lot more female driven films and i think it's represented in in baftas and and the award seasons as well do you guys cover that at all in your, in your show and talk about you know the upsides of the downsides that are, is there is the pandemic um, yeah, I mean, it It was quite funny because when we when the pandemic first happened, I think if you listened to that episode back in March, me and Neha were a little bit like, 
Um, so we can't do a top 10 because cinemas are shut and uh, we don't really know what we're going to be talking about for a while. So we kind of just um, really wanted to have a fun vibe. Like we didn't mention the pandemic at all during our recording sessions. We just wanted like a nice kind of distraction element. And mm -hmm. it's been really interesting because the focus has been on the streaming genres where a lot of those underrepresented voices and stories are told. You kind of have those more low budget independent directors that are really getting their, um, their focus. So that's kind of what we've been kind of going through and realizing that yeah it's just streaming but actually like has anyone completed netflix yet no so there's a lot on there that maybe <laughs> has been on our watch list like for me i used to stack my watch list up so when i went on a re really long plane journey or a train journey i'd just watch like three films back to back and we didn't do that so it was really kind of like our team like i found this really obscure film like has anyone seen it and then we all kind of rushed to watch it so that's kind of how we've kind of juggled looking at the new material that's just been on netflix for like two years and hidden under the radar <laughs> And can you tell us how you started uh, not having it all, Karis? Yeah, it was it was a project I made because I was moving across the country and I wanted to have a creative project that meant my friends had to talk to me. So <laughs> I thought if I forced them to speak to me every two weeks to record a podcast, I'll get to see them. And then I was I was looking for like new guest hosts and I just put a shout out on Twitter and Neha replied. Uh, we'd been mutually following each other for a long time and um, we did a few episodes together. And then I was like, do you want to like do this together for like, ever and uh, she, she agreed she agreed <laughs> well thank you very much guys. i really enjoyed the show and i think it came to your attention when you were listed as one of the podcasts of the week on the film stories website so it's it's good to hear you know your voices week in week out and one episode I really enjoyed was you kind of going through the bath rising stars of the past oh, yeah. 10, 10 or so years um and that's something i kind of follow and keep a track of because i think it's really interesting what they at least trying to do there and i'm not sure there should be so so many american people on there but Hey, that's just me. <laughs> uh, maybe, I don't know. <laughs> no, it's not you. That's the same page. <laughs> um, so we're here to talk about Wild Child, which is your choice, Karis. Yeah. Can you tell us, first of all, why you chose it? And then I'll get the timer out and you have 60 seconds or less to give us a synopsis. Oh, why I chose it is because I absolutely love the genre of 2000s films aimed at teenage girls. I think it's a lost art. I'd love to get it back. So I chose it because I still talk to people that have never seen it. I still think it's hilarious. And I, yeah, I just love the kind of combo of American and British high school culture. Um, so that, that's why I chose it, because I just thought it'd be a funny one to revisit. And the soundtrack is banging. What are the films falling into that construct? Because I, I'm sure, I, my mind just goes blank Ooh, when you say... There's, there's a lot. Give me three, I mean, that's the thing. <laughs> Three films with that, so to like coincide with Wild Child, you'll obviously got like Mean Girls, She's the Man. Um, I'm trying to think of something else around 2006. She's all that, yeah. That kind of very tip, not not diverse at all. Like we're not talking like it's not breaking boundaries here. It is a very vanilla film type. They've all got the same pretty much five act structure, um, but yeah, it's just that kind of blonde skinny american girl having problems that was just every single <laughs> film release from 2001 to 2010 okay and do you want to give us a synopsis and the timer starts now Okay, so you've got Poppy Moore, who is played by the wonderful Emma Roberts. She's this very spoiled teenager who lives in America. She trashes her dad's home. She is really nasty to her stepmom, so she gets sent to English boarding school. The boarding school obviously doesn't take her in very well. She's very snooty, very snobby. She doesn't adapt very well to the other students. She gets absolutely picked on by the head girl. Um, so you've got a very Centrillion's vibe around it. And she kind of basically goes on this journey where we discover that she hasn't got over her mother's death. 
So it's a way of her mourning, but also discovering that there's more to life. So it's battling that kind of teenage angst we see a lot in teen films. Obviously, there's a love interest played by the very lovely Alex Pettifer, or as he was in 2007. Um, so we kind of see that battling ground. It's comedy, it's romance, it's self-discovery, and the lovely Natasha Richardson's in it as well, who plays the dream teacher that we all love. And it's got like 2008 pop songs galore. Awesome. Did I do it? Did I do it? Yeah. Yeah, the timer is just gone. Well done. Well done. I need, I need my ass pump. <laughs> um, now, what were your thoughts on Wild Child? So, unlike Karis, who loves it, <laughs> I didn't love it so much. So, I guess my... Big, so, I mean, there was a lot. I, I kind of grew up, my, my frame of reference for like high school movies and because it came out in 2008, right, was like American high school experiences. So not just Mean Girls and She's the Man, but also TV, like Lizzie McGuire and That's So Raven and such. So I kind of expected that flavor a little bit. But also I think when in 2008, when I was like, it was so easy to hurt my feelings, I just didn't understand why everyone thought British schoolgirls was so bitchy like it just and it became this trope so I think that was my biggest issue with it but I also didn't understand what Alex Pettifer's role was like <laughs> like I just I think it, I think it bothered me it's a bit of fluff isn't he yeah but I, exactly he's a fluff and actually maybe there's something to unpick here about how actually it's quite nice to have a man be the romantic fluff and not have it be the woman because that's something that generally you see stereotypically the other way around but I just remember watching it and thinking this film could have been entirely about the girls like it could have just been a film about friendship um but it's a light watch so maybe I'm thinking too much about it you know I don't think it's supposed to be something you watch critically it's just something you're supposed to enjoy you know like Harris said the soundtrack is banging so it's probably one of those this is why I really chose the film (laughs) you wanted to hear what she had to say about it has she been dodging questions about it (laughs) now what do you think about wild child um next question um (laughs) Helen what has has never been thinking too critically about it I think we're we're very much on the same wavelength. Um, you know, <laughs> representation matters. Like it really, really does. And I think it's just there's just nothing in this film that makes me go, yeah, that's kind of like being a teenage girl for me. Like you don't really get any many like working class children teen rom coms or films that aren't like pretty bleak and children drowning canals and like that is like working class childhood on film or you know it's like Mike Lee or something or Ken Loach and yeah it's either you know Americans are all like just horrible and uh, skinny (laughs) and all they care about is fashion and money and then British girls are all like stuffy and up themselves that said you know it is kind of fun sort of I think and it was banging to hear vintage Florence and the machine on the soundtrack but um vintage you can't say vintage Florence and the machine that's not vintage it is it's kind of like it's so different to like what she sounds like now so it was like oh yeah this is what Florence and the machine kind of started out like um (laughs) but uh and also I am standing up for the chip butty and say like (laughs) Is I'm much better than that. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, I'm not that big a fan of the chip butty. I just, There's I'm not no like way. a carb non feed, but I still like, I still think it's a bit weird. Um, but anyway, apart aside from that, the film is not my favourite. Um, <laughs> and you, you're quite favourable to team con, kind of like team Absolutely films not. and like films about 
kids and gangs in a good way. I was like, this is a film I've not heard of before. And, you know, I used to read like Mallory Towers, like stuff when I was a kid growing up with Enid, Enid Blyton books. I've watched the old Century Indians films from way back when, vintage ones. I've not watched the new one with Russell Brand in it. Um, so I was all up for this. I was like, okay, let's let's see what's going on there. But I think the thing for me is characters, she doesn't really have a redeemable character. The main, the main, I can't remember her name, um, Emma Roberts' character. She doesn't really have a redeemable um, yeah. personality. She just plays an idiot. And she, um, until the point that she realises that her mum went to school. I thought that was a point that right at the start, I thought she already knew that her mum went to school. So that was, for me, was like, what do you mean? What do you mean you've just seen a picture of someone who looks like you who's your mum? And that's her kind of main redeeming arc. Um, so I just didn't, there's no one there's no one I cared for. The Alex Petterford character was, like you said, a bit pointless because he was a bit of fluff, but also he shouldn't have been there at all. He it was at our girls' school. What was he doing there all the time? Yeah, why wasn't he at school? <laughs> yeah, why wasn't he at school? Why wasn't he at school? And just then he had... turns up for his lunch, like at an all girls' school in like yeah. a sports car, which is completely normal. <laughs> <laughs> what is he doing there? Um, and then you had Nick from, from Spaced, Nick Frost. With, oh, yeah. with, with gay face or camp face, which I thought was really, that wouldn't happen now. Although, yeah, very 2000s that performance, yeah, wasn't it? It was, it was really bad. Although we had um, James Corden do that quite recently in prom, um, <laughs> super camping up. Um, I liked, my favourite character was Juno Temple, but I just think I just liked Juno Temple a lot. And I think people yeah. like uh, Shirley, Shirley Henson was kind of wasted in this as well. Um, yeah. So it, it didn't really have... I didn't really, I didn't gel with it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I tried. Do you know what? There was like charity shop fashion in it, which I was quite impressed, like promoting sustainable fashion in 2008. So there we go. There's there's a, yeah. there's a plus for well, it. I think that was the thing. It's always that, that fish out water thing. I, I, wanted, I wanted to wear out of that. Oh, this is what I wouldn't do in my place. But she kept on doing it all the way through. It's like, where's Oxford Street? It's in London. It's a different place. It's like, come on, you should know this by now. You should know you're not anywhere near London. If you know about where Oxford Street is, you should know you're nowhere near it. So shut up. Um, it's, 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 things like, it's things like that. There's like, oh, come on, come on. No, I did like the kind of kind of sticking with how unrealistic the film is. I did like they really leaned into it, though. It's a little bit Riverdale-y. Like you've got the fact that she finds out she's really good at lacrosse <laughs> and then becomes like the lacrosse captain and then saves people from a fire. Like it's just finds out her mom went to that school. Like it's just such a lesson in suspending your disbelief that on some level I have to respect <laughs> it. Cause I'm like, okay, well, that's cool. Yeah, I I'm... just, I'd never seen anyone on the British Isles play lacrosse. And yet it's in. I used to play lacrosse. Really? My yeah. My school would play lacrosse. You, you played either lacrosse or rugby, and I did a bit of both at the start, and then I switched to rugby. But yeah, I know I, I played lacrosse, but it was yeah, it was just it's a rarity. Like in our in our kind of pocket of South Manchester, there's a few lacrosse teams, so our school really? was one of them. And we used to like send teams to go to Baltimore, which is like the main place in America that plays lacrosse. So it is an odyssey. So things like American Pie, I'm like, oh yeah, they play lacrosse there. That's fine. But it's it's a super rare thing generally. But girls lacrosse is even rarer. Even more rare. I feel, I feel yeah. like they sometimes throw this in because they're like, "Oh, is this film gonna do well in America? Let's put lacrosse in it. They'll understand mm. that part." Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, what about the the head girl? What were your thoughts on her? Was she was it, was she OTT? Or was it? I mean, anyone who has a fascination with Pride and Prejudice 
is always a little bit questionable in my book. And that's coming from <laughs> someone that does like that film. Um, but she's she's very like, it's such a Tory film. Like everyone in this film, you can just, I mean, the names, like you've got Freddie Kingsley, Harriet Bentley. Like it's all very like Tory-esque. But I've been to school with people like her. Like those people are very privileged. They usually have three horses um, and wanting to be the best at everything. But I... I thought she was brilliant. Like she was very scary and mean and she was mm. quite realistic. But like at the start, she has a pheasant over her shoulder, which is quite severe, you know. <laughs> In my school, they just had a fake Louis Vuitton bag over their shoulder, not a pheasant. So <laughs> Did they give the fake Louis Vuitton bag to the teacher to try and try and curry paper? More than likely, more than likely. But you always had this kind of like teacher's pets that were just too much. Yeah. But I mean, I went to like very much like your normal school, not so much like this. Maybe they do that. Maybe they give pheasants as presents. I think the, the main the main teen, main high school film we've had in the UK is uh, Harry Potter. And it's also a boarding school. So it's propagating yeah. this theory that all kids in the UK yeah. go to yeah. boarding school. I, I think Helen's I right. Know. I can't think of one that's just set in, uh, for a film that's just set in, a standard high school no even like tv shows like now like sex education god knows where that's set i mean they film it in wales but the school is very high school-esque with their yeah. uh, letterman jackets and things like that I, I do like how to do um sex education because it's like it is definitely british but also it's like if you squint a bit it is as you say a letterman jacket it could be very much a, U, a u.s high school and i think they've yeah. done that mashup deliberately to kind of get people all behind it because they have like the standard yeah buses and it's a UK countryside, but it is that it is that kind of U, US vibe. I think you're right, that's probably the closest to it. Uh, mm. Now, anything else on Wild Child you want to bring into conversation? Not really. <laughs> I do, I do like, I will just pile on lots of praise for Juno Temple. I'm watching Ted Lasso right now and she's incredible in that. Yes, yeah. yes, she's my favourite. Yeah. Mm. So, I think, yeah, Juno Temple. And that's is all, anyone that's else all. that we want to point out? Um, teachers, Helen. Well, I, I was just going to say, I, I enjoy reading uh, letterbox reviews and most of the reviews seem to think that this film should have been much gayer and that they should have done away with <laughs> with the guy because he was basically use, useless and there, there could have been like more lesbian love interests and it could have been much better, which I, I kind of agree with most of letterbox on that. Um, you know, yeah. He was kind of pointless and it was an all-girls school, like, it's like, come on, surely. Um, yeah. It would have made it at least a bit like realistic, so... Um, Missed opportunity, I think, there with that one. And what about her kind of path back to glory? Was that convincing? She doesn't really have much of an arc. I didn't really, I don't think she has that much of a journey. <laughs> she I mean, she dyes her hair takes, brown. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> her natural natural hair, um, that wouldn't happen. It's so hard to get your, like, blonde hair back to that colour. <laughs> <laughs> In the space of, what, two yeah. minutes? But it takes awesome <laughs> for her to realise the, like, wrongdoings. <laughs> like, did not see that coming. Like, okay, gonna set things on fire. Karis, <laughs> I feel this, this kind of bodes poorly for the scoring uh, for your film. Don't take it personally. Um, <laughs> it's totally fine. I have come to peace with the fact I do not have taste when it comes to the 2000 era. It's not good. <laughs> but mean Girls, like people laughed at me for like recommending Mean Girls when I when I watched it, and they were like, "Kobe, that's a girls' film." This is obviously 2000s where people are stupid. I was like, guys, Tina Fey is fucking amazing, and she goes mm -hmm. goes on to prove that time and time again. But Mean Girls mm -hmm. is still like, um, I think it used to be on Netflix and I was praying for the time that someone would uh, select it for this. And we've had things like Clueless, is which way again, I think that's one of the things as well, with Clueless, you have that kind of setup of a rich girl, but she has all the heart. She brings 
like the outcasts into her into a community rather than like talks about Louis Vuitton and, and I don't know Jimmy Choo's. So I think that's that's the kind of thing that kind of gets my heckles up as well. Is that it can be it can come from a position of privilege and be inclusive and not be like all annoying. Yeah. <laughs> Any other comments? Or do you want to head to scores? Um, I just think Alex Pettifer, I think this was like he's like he was on this little kind of ladder to possible success. Mm. Like he did that film, he did that film where you played like that bo- the boy agent. What was it called again? Like oh, it was it like a Stormbreaker, but that wasn't that's it. Yeah, it yeah, was it was something mm. like that. But he did that, and then he did Wild Child, and then he did um, I Am Number Four in, in time. Yeah, yeah, and then he just disappeared. I've never seen him for a long time. So I yeah I didn't recognise him in this as I, until I saw the tra- until I saw the credits. I was like, oh, is that Alex Pettifer? Mm. Fine. Um, so he is one of those people that kind of he is kind of and then nothing like Hayden Christensen almost as well. It's like yes, it's like kind of going along. I mean, Hayden Christensen had the better start. He was in he was in Star Wars and then yeah. nothing. So um, I mean, I don't. Uh, I mean, to to feel bad for blonde white men who are very rich and successful, I'm not going to cry too much over it. But I do think they all hit a peak. And then it's just like, nah. <laughs> I'm trying to, I think you challenged me to think of one who's, uh, maybe we'll come up with one in the score. Should we head to the scores? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Sam Clements, host of the 90 Minutes or Less Film Festival, another podcast in the Stripped Media family, a podcast that celebrates movies under 90 minutes long. Each episode, I'm joined by a special guest who selects a movie to join our prestigious lineup. Past guests have come from the worlds of film, television, music, food, comedy, and podcasting. Search for us now on the app you're currently listening to this podcast or join us at 90minfilmfest.com. Welcome to the uh, Flixwatcher scores. All of our scores are out of five. You may have decimal places if you wish. And uh, we'll start with you, please, Karis, with your recommendability. So I'm going to go quite low for this because it is very hard to um, convince people to watch this film. Um, My boyfriend only watched it because it had Emma Roberts in it. Um, So I'm going to go with a solid two for recommendability. Can you explain Emma Roberts? Because I meant to do some IMDb, but I I couldn't place her anywhere. What, what, what else has she been in? She so she did. She started on Nickelodeon, Unfabulous. Um, to be honest, okay. she had a she is nepotism. Her dad's Eric Roberts and her aunt is Julia Roberts. Um, but yeah, she started on uh, a show called Unfabulous. Okay. And then she did yeah. a lot of naughty naughty films that she did at Cool Marine. She did this. She did Nancy Drew. And then from about 2010, she did a lot of American Horror Story. And then she did a great film called Nerve about five, six years ago. Um, I think that's all I can put her in. I can't remember if you remember anything else in her. Yeah, I'm not. Se- I'm not seeing American Horror Story. It's one of my one of my um, blind spots at the moment. That was quite a comprehensive biography. So well done on that one. <laughs> I would have been like. <laughs> Uh, she's related to Julia Roberts. Now, <laughs> <laughs> uh, nah, recommendability score. One. <laughs> One. You can go to you, you can go to uh, decimal places if you. Wish. I am going to give a straight up one for Juno Temple. So I think you know it would be okay. mean if I gave a decimal point. Has Juno Temple done, done the best out of this film? I think so. It's sad because the girl who plays Kate, who I think would have been a great love interest for Emma Roberts, um, I've not really seen her in anything else, and I thought she was brilliant. But yeah. Uh, Helen, recommendability. 
Uh, yeah, I'm going to go for two as well. Um, it's kind of a shame that Natasha Richardson, this was like her last film, but to kind of go out in that. Um, it was nice to see her on screen. I mean, it's not the worst film in the world and it's only like an hour and 38 minutes, but I think they're all much better kind of team films. But, you know, if that's your bag, go for it. But if it's not, then you probably won't enjoy it. Yeah, I'm going to go for a 1.5. Um... <laughs> I feel attacked. <laughs> this is what I was trying to preempt you for. I was like, it's not you, it's the film. I mean, you chose the film, but it's not you, it's the film. Um, yeah, 1.5. I... I probably would have switched this off quite early. I probably would have switched this off at the moment she jumped off the cliff and then her dad sent her to boarding school. The moment she came out of the Rolls Royce or whatever that car was in, at the boarding school, um, that's probably the point I would have switched this off had I not been watching it for, for this. Because <laughs> um, I knew exactly what was going to happen, and they did. Um, re- repeat viewing score, Karis. I'm not alive. I've watched this film about 20 times. So, I'd, I'd, yeah, I would probably say a, a solid four for me. It's just easy watching. It takes me back to being 16. I can imagine this being like a favourite amongst friends that they put on. I think I went to the cinema to see this twice. Yeah. (laughs) But that was back when cinema was like £4, so it didn't like break the bank. (laughs) (laughs) Repeat being school. How many times have you seen this before? Twice, so I'm giving it two. I just feel like one for each each viewing. Fair enough. Do you think you'll watch it again? No. Okay. (laughs) Helen. (laughs) Oh, yeah, it's, it's a no, no, zero for me. I'm not going to watch this again. I feel I should be honest. Sorry. Yeah, I, I very rarely give a zero. But I, can't, I can't see. If someone said, should I watch this? I'd be like, you watch it by yourself and then we'll talk about afterwards. Uh, I've got other things to do. Um, small screen score. I think, for, well, this could be the highest. Um, got, the not category. going for it on this one. <laughs> Paris, small screen score. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I did watch this again before this show on my iPad. So mm-hmm. I don't think you need the kind of IMAX experience for Emma Roberts' um, boarding school story. <laughs> that can take that could take us only five, I think. You could probably watch this on an iPad Nano and you'll be fine. <laughs> nah. Yeah, I'm going to give it a five too. I never watched it in the cinema. I watched it on like DVD rental and it was fine on the TV. And then I watched it for this show. I watched it on my phone and it was fine. Um, so yeah, I'm going to give it a five. Helen? You know, I've never even heard of this film. Like it's it's a bit out of my kind of age range for it. And like there has been no way I would have gone to the cinema. So yeah, a five. Perfect for TV viewing. Perfect for yeah. like sleep, sleepovers if... If you're like 13, you can have it on a sleepover or something, 14, 15. I don't know. What kind of age age is the same now? <laughs> it's not very raunchy, is it? So, yeah. 13 and upwards, yeah, maybe. Yeah, I'm going for a five as well. There's no way in hell you drive into cinema forces. So um, it's it's perfect for that. Um, engagement score. Well, I know I'm going to be very different compared to you guys on this one. I mean, it's something that I'd probably put on and fall asleep to. I, I, I don't think I'd be hooked from first minute to the, the 120th, wherever it is. Um, so I'm going to rate quite lowly on this and go for a two. <laughs> I think you've got even lower than I expected. Um, Neha. Yeah, I'm going to give it a one. Um, okay. I would have I would have gone for straight up zero, but actually I have a penchant for watching things that are a bit trashy. So it would be, I think I would be unfair to give it a zero. So we're going to go with one. Helen. 
I'm going to be generous and go 1.5. Um, I feel very generous. Yeah, I, I, I zoned out and cleared my inbox, which was productive, I guess. But well, that's, a, that's an accomplishment in itself. Um, and that's yeah, and that's another thing. No, at no point did I think that she wasn't going to get her redemption with those emails. It's like they're going to find out. And also, they they kind of found out in a weird, like super almost like super hacky way. Like I, I checked the, the computer registry and I can work out that blah blah blah. And I was like, well, you should have done that straight away then, if you knew, if you could do that. What you should have, you should have done that straight away. Um, but engagement score. I was kind of just waiting. I was just kind of ticking the boxes like, yep, that's going to happen. That's going to happen. Fine, fine. Get the guy. Good. So I was kind of just flatline engagement. 1.5. <laughs> and that gives an overall score of 2.40625, which is not great. Um, I apologize. Well, I apologize. Um, I'm sorry. But sorry, it's we not, didn't it's score not... it higher for you. It's fine. I didn't make the film. It's okay, guys. Yeah, it's fun talking about it, though. Um, I've enjoyed talking about it for, for the past half an hour or so. And it's great. To be honest, it's generally always great to bring to watch a film you've never heard of before. What do you reckon, Helen? Yeah, I mean, this was a complete <laughs> new one for me. And I'd, I'd, I've never seen, like, Emma Roberts in anything. Is Emma Roberts? Yeah, that Roberts, yes. yeah. So it was kind of like, oh, well, that's who she is. And, uh, yeah, and, you know, there were some good songs on the soundtrack. So, it, it you know, it didn't anger me in anything. I was just a bit like... Um, it just come to me the film I was thinking of with uh, Juno Temple which I really love is uh, Killer Joe I think that was yes. the first thing I saw her uh, and I was like amazing yeah. and as I was, when I found out she's British I was like yes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and she's in Maleficent as well as one of the um, the fair godmothers which is quite fun thank you very much guys for um, bringing Wild Child to us and, and to the listeners can you tell us where we can find you online? Tell us the name of your podcast again and your Twitter accounts. And we'll say bye to everyone who's listening. Yeah, so you can find us uh, online on all platforms. We are not having it, po- not having it all podcast. Um, on Twitter, we are just not having it pod because Twitter will let us have the full name. Thanks very much. Yeah. And um, I'm at Karis Rianne. Me too. I'm at Nehaje underscore. Underscore. Don't forget, don't forget the underscore. <laughs> Don't forget the underscore or else it'll lead you to someone else. Um, <laughs> guys, that's super great. Thank you so much for joining us and we'll see you uh, next time. Bye, Bye. guys. Thank you. Enjoyed this episode of Flixwatcher Podcast? Why not leave us a five-star review on iTunes? You can also follow us at FlixwatcherPod on Twitter and we're at Flixwatcher on Instagram. Thanks as always to the mighty people for their mighty, mighty tunes and Ben from Rockwood Audio for his awesome editing skills. If you're looking to get your podcast edited as sweet as this, get in touch with Ben and that's Rockwood, R-O-K-K, Wood Audio. Tell them Flixwatcher sent you. just heard a stripped media production.